0: Oh, thank you for tuning in to the 180th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in, whether it be via SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or WJCU in the morning radio station, 7 a.m. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, on a Thursday night. Going to get this pod out on Friday. It's going to be on the radio Saturday. Going to have a lot to discuss. Going to have my guy, Kenny Simon, having had Kenny on in a couple weeks, going to have Kenny on, uh, scouting expert for 247 Sports. We are going to kind of do an around the NFL. A lot of stuff has gone in the NFL the last couple weeks that I haven't gotten Kenny's take on. So we're going to get to Cam Newton going to the Patriots, how that affects the AFC East and the AFC in general. We're also going to get the news. Dak Prescott, not signed yet by the Dallas Cowboys. There's been no extension. Miles Garrett gets an $100 million contract. Patrick Mahomes, highest paid player in NFL history, so I'm going to get Kenny's opinion on all that. We're going to have a great conversation, great show, and we're going to have that in just a little bit. But here's first where I want to start with the DAC thing. A lot of the times in a relationship in life, you can't really tell that things are bad till it's actually bad, right? You can kind of be like, hey, is there something going on? They're not talking. Uh, there's a little animosity going on. They don't say hi to each other anymore, and you're kind of nitpicking, you're being like, do I really know? But you don't know. And then one day, you're like, why don't I see with that person anymore? You're like, oh. Oh, yeah, this happened a while ago. Quick story. So, I'm in the car. We'll name the people. I'm in the car. They're talking about a family vacation, and these two people are family friends. And during the conversation, one person in the car says, yeah, my parents have been divorced. And then he's like, really? When did that happen? Well, three years. And he's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. He's like, they're always at Christmas and stuff together. Sometimes when there's issues going on, people can be mature, people can be civil, but that doesn't mean they like each other and sometimes there's a split, right? It happens. There's people that you were friends with and then you slowly start walking away and you're not friends with them anymore. It happens all the time. I know people might think that Dak Prescott, he's going to be a cowboy for life. He's going to be like Tony Romo and play for the Cowboys his whole career. He's going to be like Troy Aikman and play for the Cowboys his whole career. Jerry Jones takes care of his players. Well, sometimes you really know what somebody thinks about you by what they don't do for you, not what they do do for you. Dak has been the model of consistency for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak, like any smart, educated person, looks around in the locker room, his colleagues, and sees Ezekiel Elliott get paid. He sees Ezekiel Elliott get paid. And let me mention, Ezekiel Elliott has had multiple domestic violence allegations. There is a video, and you can look it up, of him taking off a woman's top, (laughs) like it's okay, I believe on a St. Patrick's Day party, and he was suspended for multiple games one year for domestic violence issues. And Ezekiel Elliott gets paid. But Dak, being the good soldier, never gets in trouble. No off-the-field issues with Dak whatsoever. He's been the leader of that team, the leader of that organization. And Jerry Jones and Steven Jones don't want to pay him. They don't. They pay, teams pay, Jared Goff, a quarterback contemporary in Dak's class. Carson Wentz, a quarterback contemporary in Dak's class. They got paid, and you could argue Dak is better than both of them. But you want to know why those two guys got paid? Because their organizations believe in them. The Los Angeles Rams have a vested interest in Jared Goff's success. That's why they fired Jeff Fisher and they got Sean McVay. The Philadelphia Eagles have a vested interest in Carson Wentz's success. They believe in him. That's why even though Nick Foles is a Super Bowl MVP, they kicked him to the curb and kept Carson Wentz because they believe in Carson Wentz. Patrick Mahomes was just made the highest paid player in NFL history. He's very good. But you know what another big reason why? They believe in him. They believe in him. Do you see how Andy Reid talks about Patrick Mahomes? Have you ever heard Andy Reid? Because Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones have kind of talked about this. Maybe Dak needs to take a little bit less. Have you ever heard Andy Reid say, Patrick Mahomes needs to take a little less? We need to find a way to manage the cap when it comes to Patrick Mahomes? No. All they did was make him the richest Richest paid North American, American sports athlete in the four major sports, hockey, basketball, football, baseball, ever. That's all they did. That is what they did. Because they believe in him. The Cowboys like, ah, give us a one-year deal, one-year franchise tag. Let's prove it to us. Had a career high in passing yards. And they're still like, prove it to us. You know who they did that for? Kirk Cousins. That's what the Washington Redskins did. You want to know why they did that? Because when Kirk Cousins was drafted, he was drafted in the same class as RG3 and only got a chance to play and be the Redskins quarterback because RG3 got hurt. The Redskins didn't believe in Kirk Cousins. They didn't have a vested interest in Kirk Cousins' success. He wasn't their first overall draft pick. Their first overall draft pick flunked out and Kirk Cousins just, just happened to be pretty good. Kirk Cousins just happened to be pretty good. And they kept franchising him and franchising him. And then Kirk left to Minnesota. Because you want to know what? Minnesota had a quarterback, Case Keenum. They didn't believe in Case Keenum, even though he got them to an NFC Championship game. But they believed in Kirk. And gave him the most guaranteed money in NFL history at the time. The Cowboys have given Dak the franchise tag again. There's no deal again. Because the Cowboys do not believe in Dak Prescott. It's that simple it's that simple. It's not too complicated. It's not too hard to understand. Dex looking around now, and not to mention Ezekiel got paid. He's seen Amari Cooper get taken care of. Demarcus Lawrence get taken care of. A bunch of Dallas Cowboys have gotten taken care of. Tony Romo, his heir apparent, the guy that came before Dex, Tony Romo was taken care of. And you know what Dex probably also thinking right now? When I was a rookie, The team was 13-3. and I had the best rookie quarterback of all time. And there's still talk during the season, should they bring back Tony Romo to replace me? And Dak has done nothing wrong. Dak has beat expectations. He's been the leader of that franchise. He's been the company man. When Jerry Jones said Dallas Cowboys stand up for the National Anthem, remember when Jerry Jones said that? You know what Dak said? And Dak's a black quarterback. You know what Dak said? I think there are, he co-signed with Jerry Jones and said, there are other ways to protest besides kneeling. He co-signed with Jerry Jones. He has been the good soldier. He has done everything that Jerry Jones and Steven Jones have asked him to do along the way. Have you ever heard Dak Prescott complain? Have you ever heard him do anything bad, wrong, stupid? No, you have not. He doesn't get hurt. He plays games. There's a lot of teams out there that would be happy to have Dak Prescott. A lot of teams. You don't think people would look at the Bills differently if they had Dak Prescott? I, I can name you 10 quarterbacks, 20 quarterbacks that Dak Prescott's better than. Dak Prescott's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And they're not showing him that respect. It's a problem. I, I think that Dak, Dak and Jerry Jones, this Cowboys thing, this is going to start getting very ugly very soon very soon, because they're going to start being a lot of chirping and a lot of talking, a lot of anonymous reports coming out. And we already saw Dak's brother tweeted uh, about the Cowboys organization. I wasn't a a Cowboys fan before Dak. I'm not a fan of them now. You want to know where that comes from? Chances are Dak told them that. This is going to be problems. Now, something else I also want to address is this. So I was on Facebook, and... I'm in this NBA debate group, right? And a lot of fans and a lot of people, when they talk about LeBron, they always say he ran to chase rings. And I didn't really think that was a narrative, because when I talk to people, right, I go to went to school John Carroll, friends that like basketball, sports. I never hear people really say he chased rings. He chased rings. He created super teams. That's all LeBron does. But apparently people think that. So I just wanted to set the record straight. I just want to set the record straight for everybody if you might think that. When LeBron left Cleveland in 2010, the biggest reason he left was not necessarily to chase rings and orchestrate a super team. If you know at the time, I'm going to give you multiple multitude of reasons. A couple teams that were in the running form- forum. The New York Knicks, the New Jersey Nets, The Chicago Bulls, the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Miami Heat. He wasn't going to the Clippers. Donald Sterling was a known racist. He wasn't going to the New York Knicks. They've been garbage for years, and not many NBA players like Dolan, the owner. Not many people like him. He wasn't going to the Nets that year prior in 2010. They won 12 games. LeBron wasn't going to the Nets. There was the Bulls, but if he goes to the Bulls and he plays with Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah, Lou Aldang, and they still get Carlos Boozer and they wouldn't have had the money to do that, that's a super team too. Duh. So you know what he does? He goes to play in Miami with his best friend, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh comes along. And people might say, oh, why did LeBron recruit Chris Bosh to come to Cleveland? LeBron did recruit Chris Bosh to come to Cleveland. Chris Bosh said No. And when the Cavaliers tried to get a hold of Chris Bosh, he didn't respond. Chris Bosh wasn't coming to Cleveland. Miami was the option. And there's other things that people don't say. There's been talk, Dan Gilbert mentioned this in the letter, that LeBron quit in Game 6 against the Boston Celtics. He quit during the Boston Celtics series. And you always hear this a a little bit. what, What happened? Why did it go awry? It's been talked about. It's been reported. It hasn't been really said on many major news outlets. Stephen A. Smith has alluded to it. A lot of people in the media have alluded to it, but they don't say it. Delonte West slept with LeBron James' mother during the playoff series. That is another reason why LeBron left. His teammate violated one of the biggest man codes you can do. He slept with his mother and didn't tell him. That's pretty crappy. That's not what a teammate does. Another reason why LeBron leaves. And then... I don't know if any of you have lived in the same area of your home life. LeBron James has been in Akron, Northeast Ohio his whole life. Since he was born, all the way to when he left in 2010 to like 25, that's all he's ever known. That's all. He wanted a change. And there's nothing wrong with that. People from when they're born to 18, they decide to go to college and they go to different states. You want to know why? To meet different people, to have growth, to have different experiences. And you want to know what happened when LeBron, when he went to Cleveland? He finally married his longtime uh, girlfriend, Savannah. He didn't do that in Cleveland. He did that in Miami. He learned how to be a leader in Miami. There's a lot of things he learned in Miami that maybe he wouldn't have learned in Cleveland. Because sometimes you need to get out of your comfort zone and you need to try something new. And also lifestyle. Miami is a nicer place to live than Cleveland. I lived in Cleveland. I love Cleveland. But Miami's just a nicer place. I've been to both. A lot more beaches. A lot more girls. A lot more, more stuff to do. In Miami than Cleveland. And yes. Four rings a factor. Of course. But that wasn't the only reason. It wasn't. And then you go to when he leaves Miami. He had accomplished what he wanted to do. Dwayne Wade was getting old. And he promised... And he had a soft, a soft spot for Cleveland. And he went back to give him a ring. And he did. He fulfilled his obligation to Cleveland. Then he goes back. Then after... He goes back to Cleveland, right? 2018. He goes to LA. LA was not a good team when he came there. They were awful. They had a bunch of young players that couldn't play. Lonzo Ball, Branton Ingram. Right? And you want to know also why LeBron went to L.A.? His family. His son, Bronny. Sierra Canyon, where Bronny goes. It's one of the best high schools in the country for basketball. High school basketball in Los Angeles and the state of California is a lot better than high school basketball in Ohio and Cleveland, and Akron. It's a lot better. LeBron in Los Angeles, he can meet with Al Pacino. He can meet with Leonardo DiCaprio. He can meet with all these famous people, these movie directors. Those people aren't necessarily coming to Cleveland all the time, folks. That's not how it works. They're in New York City. They're in L.A., (laughs) right? That's where these people are. That's where these people are located. And again, weather. And then I want to say this. How can you get mad for a grown man making decisions for him and his family? I do not understand that. I didn't care when LeBron did it. I didn't care when KD did it. I didn't really care when Kawhi Leonard did it. Kawhi Leonard won a championship for Toronto and said, Peace! See ya, wouldn't want to be ya, and went to L.A. I have no problem. People do this in corporate America all the time. They they go to work in places they like, with management they like, with their friends, with people they like, all the time. So why should we have a problem when basketball players like LeBron do it? So I just wanted to get that off my chest. Now, coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have... Kenny Sim on the show, coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my guy, Kenny Sim, scouting expert for 247 Sports. How you doing, Kenny?
1: Good, Daryl. It's good to be back in the barbershop with you and talking some, talking some football and sports and whatnot, and uh, I know, like, kind of, um...
0: Now, Kenny, what I do want to ask you is, you're from Cleveland. And you're also an NFL fan. And a lot kind of what's been going on in the country recently. So the Redskins, uh, the Washington Redskins, they're going to change their name to Redskins. Apparently, I think the Cleveland Indians, they're looking at it, or they already kind of looked at getting – they already got rid of Chief Wahoo, I believe. But they're going to uh, change the name Indians possibly. Just I just want to know what all, what you think about that, particularly as somebody that's a Cleveland sports fan and you're kind of in that city. And that that's a team that people love there. So – well, I just want to know what your feelings are and what do you kind of think the area is feeling about it in general?
1: Yeah, in terms of the Indians name, I'm 100% against it. And it would be extremely frustrating if they cave, if they cave to the culture, if they cave to that when you have a nickname that's been there for 105 years. And, you know, everyone could have their take, but, I mean, I got my take too. So, I mean, the Cleveland Indians, it actually started, uh, 1915, and I wanted to see one day what the origin of that name is. And actually, from um, doing some reading, is the Cleveland Indies they actually had the first Native American player in baseball. He played for the Cleveland spider in 1890, and so that kind of was the um, the origination of having the first Native American baseball player professionally in this country. And so they started the name been around for 105 years i know you know every so often like on opening day you get some people that are protesting and stuff but you know some native american groups don't have a problem with it i mean you can't please everybody or a huge range of people but it's been around for 105 years it's it's fine they removed chief wahoo they got the block c as a logo and um you kind of go back and kind of take a look at the historical context and where that name came up, it's not bad at all. It's something that um, I like, and a lot of people like too. And I think there would be—I mean, I don't know like the percentage—but there would be a, a, a large amount of people that would be very disappointed if the Cleveland Indians changed their name.
0: Do you think they will change the name?
1: Uh, I, I, I don't. Um. No, I don't think so. Just to kind of take a look at it, uh, I do know that potentially. I mean, so, so like the owners of the team, you know, they've had the team for a while. The Dolan family, they've been pretty cheap owners in terms of not giving out big contracts, keeping the salary cap low. The Cleveland Indians had. Uh, they were the one seed in the AL in 2017, and they've cut 40 million in payroll when they had a championship window. Like no one does that. So I don't know if they are plan on selling the team or not in a few years for a new ownership group, and if that's going to come into the, you know, if that's going to come into play, whether they want to change the name or let a new ownership group do that. But um, I would say right now, no. But I think. Um, Kind of, kind of like the external pressure to change the name though has been larger right now than it has recent years so
0: so how would you compare that to the Redskins because obviously the Redskins are kind of the big fish they're frying right now and the Indians are kind of a, a residual impact of that so what, what do you think of Washington and what's going on there
1: yeah so for that one um, so for that one I I mean think if you would kind of take like a general poll of people they would say Redskins is more of an offensive name than the Indians um, you can look in whatever dictionary you want for that but I think, uh, I, I think there's a few things with the Redskins that are different from the Indians it is one generally I think you'd maybe say Redskins is a little bit more offensive but kind of going off kind of more of the external environment one um, the Redskins are in the NFL in a bigger marketplace, so they're going to have more scrutiny than the Indians will, being from a smaller market team and in Cleveland, and there's more obviously political pressure in D.C. Um, and then I think really what, what really changed the Redskins name, Daryl, this year compared to years past, you've always heard, you know, teams and entities and organizations don't like the name, but really what got them is when you have an investment group of the sponsors, the Pepsi, FedEx, Nike, $620 billion worth of your stakeholders and ownership group saying that they're gonna pull their sponsorship if you don't change the name, that's really what ended it right there. So it kind of depends on kind of both team uh, sponsorship and, and money talk, you know, the old adage goes. And, and I, I think that's the biggest reason why because Dance Nuts never really wanted to change the name that's really what got it when i saw that when when their sponsors and investment group of 620 billion dollars were said that they wanted to pull their ownership stake if they didn't change the name that that was kind of I, i mean that was it's just facts i mean that was the reason why they ended up changing the name so i think that comes into factor too and that needs to be considered
0: now when you kind of look at this and you kind of mentioned this a little bit I, and I do want to know your take on this. How do you feel where we're going with cancel culture, specifically now in sports?
1: Yeah, I mean, I really like... So, so, like you know, what we just finished up was... We finished up uh, kind of with quarantine. We, were just, of course, we watched The Last Dance. And I really like what Michael Jordan did. And I've always been a big MJ guy. But Michael Jordan really wanted to keep that separately you know um, and so you know you go to a. I mean it's just one, I mean it's one person's opinion but you go to a sporting game to watch the expertise of an athlete play based on shooting a basketball uh, kind of just 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 the supreme athletic talent of a football player and that's kind of why you go to watch and tune in too so um, I I, I would say that and what I really like with Michael Jordan was it was in one of the documentaries that he really tried to keep his politics away from his workplace too and the other thing too is um, you know there's a lot of you know opinions out there but the bottom line was in 2017 and 16 the NFL had you know national controversies and their ratings were down 19%. That's just, that's just what it was. That's just fact right there. So whether you do it or not, you know, some people support it, some people don't. But the reality is that as a business, the <clears throat> the NFL <clears throat> turned off a lot of fans. And, you know, 20% is huge. And they got that back over time. But I think that's both the to volumes too. So um, that's kind of my take on it.
0: Do you – so, where would you say, If how long do you think this will go on? Because when, when you see, like, I don't know if you heard about the Woj controversy, but when you have players of the caliber of LeBron James with the, with the hashtag tweet is free Woj, and then it was actually crazy. And I talked about this on my last podcast. I think we're interesting, a very interesting place in the sports landscape where LeBron tweets free Woj, and under the comments, people are saying, how about free China, free Hong Kong? Like, how, how do you think these leagues, because you mentioned Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan didn't want to get political. Uh, but now guys like LeBron, they do want to get political. Like, right, Colin Kaepernick, they want to get political. So if you're the owners, if you're the people that are kind of running this thing, and, and you're looking at this, this might be hurting our product, how does that all work? Where you allow players to express themselves and do what they want, but you kind of keep a thing on what fans and people want.
1: Yeah, so, so for that one, so, so in the case with Walsh, um, yeah, so obviously, so obviously like the senator was trying to get a reaction by saying having, you know, uh, like have the baseline say free China. Like obviously he was trying to get a reaction for him. Um, and, and and then I didn't like how the senator snitched on Walsh too um, by kind of like exposing that email between two different people and making it public. But with that, yeah, I mean, you know, so everyone's going to have their opinion on the situation. Um, and, I mean, you so, so like, they could say, I, I, I mean, so athletes and people could have their opinion, and, and, and that's great, but um, with that, you're always going to get two sides. And, it, and it, it, it is a divisive, it's getting more and more divisive with people having, you know, their own platforms to kind of speak out. And you can do that, but uh, whenever you kind of, dabble into the non-sports world, the political world, like, yeah, so you're going to have two sides always. So there's going to be – I mean, you could find – you know, you could censor and find, you know, 100 people that agree with a person and you could kind of find and dig up 100 people that disagree and say, well, well, this isn't right because of this, this, this. But the reality is, I mean, you're always going to have two different sides. Uh, people are going to have their take. And and the one thing why, um, you know, sports kind of break – Brings us together is, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, what your beliefs are in anything. Uh, if you're a, if you're um, if you're a Clippers fan, you know, and Kawhi Leonard makes a shot, you're gonna high five the fan next to you, and you don't, I mean, you don't know and care what his politics or religion are, and um, that's kind of like the great equalizer. But um, with 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 China, so yeah, I mean the NBA kind of like back in October took a big hit with that, with the controversy in China and they have to kind of support China because they're in business with them. And, um, that thing with Daryl Morey and stuff like the NBA lost like 400 billion total from China when they kind of stepped out and, um, kind of talked about their, their interest in Hong Kong. So it, it, it's definitely good. I think is just to kind of like keep things to yourself and, you know avoid controversy I think when you get into controversy and different takes away from what you're paying attention like we're trying to watch sports here and bet on sports and watch sports and enjoy sports when you get away from that sure you might get some people that like it but you also might get some people that don't like it and you could turn off viewers and you know when it's working well when you got viewership and people paying attention on the internet to to videos and watching and streaming it's it's more money for the league more money for the players players want to play the sport they make more money it's just good for everyone so that's
0: kind of my take on that situation and i do just lastly i do want to ask you this how do you think players change like like how do do you think management can change that or being able to stop players because like who's telling lebron to stop You, you can't tell lebron with the tweet like like how does that work do you think
1: no, you can't tell anyone what to do, uh, whether it's LeBron or whether it's any other athlete. So, what what I would say um, from a management standpoint, and not promoting the Cleveland Browns or anything, but that's kind of the team I pay attention to a lot, is really what new head coach Ted Savansky said, and I'm sure that came from Andrew Berry, who is the youngest GM in the league and a guy that's respected too. Is, is really is, you know, you can speak whatever you want, but really your actions matter. So if you don't, if, if, if you have, a, you know, if you have like a, an issue you want to talk about or promote or bring to the forefront, what I would say is instead of um, tweeting about it or just, just, just saying words, is do some action. So get into the community and work with, you know, starting off with local officials, On, you know like the politics of your city and you want to work on like criminal justice reform or economic reform or anything start with start at the local and the state level to get things done and I think one positive thing it's not talked about a lot because obviously it's positive news you know you know how this works with negative media brings attention but but the NFL had a uh, they worked with I think they worked with some politicians, I think it was in 2017 or 18, and they passed a pretty big uh, criminal justice reform in terms of, I, I didn't really read it, but like, you know, changing the way you sentence people and get, get them out of jail after a certain amount of time. But, they put some actions in place, Daryl, and they got a bill passed, and I think it really helped out whole society, but they put actions in place, though. So I think. What I would say to that is just is just make sure if we're saying something, make sure that we're also acting on it too. And, and there's many ways to act on things. It's just not just trying to get laws changed. You can do whatever you want, but, but act on things instead of just speaking words.
0: So also what I do want to say, right, so, and, and I've kind of said this. It was really interesting, right? So the NFL comes in and they say they're going to play the Black National Anthem in the beginning. And then you see on Twitter and you see like, a lot of like people saying, I'll stand for the National Anthem, I'm going to kneel for the Black Anthem. And I think that's kind of the divisiveness that you're talking about. So my, my thing has also been, too, when kind of all this, the whole George Floyd hat thing happened, and players were talking, things with Drew Brees, and people were talking about kneeling again. And, and you mentioned it's down 19% when players, and, and you know the whole Colin Kaepernick thing was going on at hurt ratings. Do you think that Roger Cadell and the NFL might be better off if they just say, listen, we're not doing the National Anthem? let's just get rid of it
1: oh yeah that, that that's something I read from uh, one guy uh, it, it's one uh, just one from media member who I've always kind of like he kind of goes against the grain uh, but 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 I kind of agree with his point and let me just say what uh, what you said is is I think not having the national anthem is good for all parties and and here's the opinion and and I'll lay it out to you with the three different three different stakeholders are for is one by not having it one the owners are happy because because you know showing some of that kneeling um the the ratings went down whatever you want to say you agree the bottom line was they went down they went down so by not having that one is owners would be happy because they kind of avoid negative press and they have a new tv deal coming up in 2021 you want the ratings to be very good so you have a lot of people bidding and and you had this huge new NFL TV contract in 2021. The second thing is it's good for the it's it, it's good for the it's good for the TVs because they don't because their ratings would be up by not showing that. And it's good for the players because ultimately what a player wants to do is not only play but but players want to make money. And that's why you see a lot of the gist of the holdout. If you really break down holdouts, the gist of it is they want more money. And we all want more money, but by having strong ratings, you know all three sports are collectively bargained. So for every dollar you make, you know the players are getting some of that. So you want to expand the pie, and and that's going to help the players make more money too. Uh, it's going to help the teams because I think the teams would make more money. Good for the networks. Owners avoid controversy too. So kind of that would be best. Um, in my opinion, for all parties and what you're trying to get out of that is by not showing uh, the national anthem. I know some, like I think the SEC has the national anthem before the teams take the field even on an empty field with a band. So that would just all just basically the gist of that is it would avoid controversy and it would kind of promote what we all do when we turn in. It's to watch the sporting event and cheer for our favorite teams. And happiness with your fellow fan and man. So I think that would be bad. Whether it happens, I don't
0: know though. Okay, Katie. Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. Really enjoyed that. And then come next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're gonna get into some football. We're gonna talk about Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, the whole deal. Come up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. When the chips about to fall and I back against the wild, know it's only one place I call, all Rose home. with Barbershop Sports Deck and we still have Kenny Sim with us. So, Kenny, Deck Prescott. He has not signed a long-term extension with the Dallas Cowboys. It's been a year in waiting. He's going to play under the franchise tag. I talked about this in the opening in one of my monologues. A lot of the times, Kenny, you can tell a lot by what somebody thinks of you, not what they do do for you, but what they don't do for you. When you're trying to text a girl and she doesn't respond back, Kenny, that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kenny. Am I wrong? They they,
1: yeah.
0: they don't love Dak. Jerry and Steven don't love Dak. Am I wrong, Kenny?
1: No, I agree with your general assessment of the situation. Um, they don't like him enough to really, you know, invest invest several years into their quarterback. Um, and this is a tricky – this is tricky because, obviously, the Cowboys, no matter how good their team is, they can't just plug in some slapping, some some average QB and, you know, get to where they want to go. They need Dak. However, they're not willing to pay Dak the appropriate money that he wants but I think the Cowboys do have a little bit of a point there by um, a couple of things. One of them was what I think Dak Prescott last year against winning teams had, or, or take winning teams in his career, so bigger sample size, 25 touchdowns, 25 picks, 9-17 record, not beating the good teams when you really need it. And I think that was really enhanced and really shown in week sixteen last year when the Philadelphia Eagles basically had a tactic squad of uh, practice squad guys at wide receiver and they won the game and they won the division. And Dak Prescott had, you know, better players around them better talent didn't come through. Um when they needed to get a game-winning drive last year against a winning teams, they went all for nine, no touchdowns, two field goals only. So some of that stuff is valid. Um, however, Dak Prescott is a uh, is a is a upper echelon QB though. He might not be top six or top eight, but he's definitely top twelve. So um, I think they were arguing more on the years of the contract, but the bottom line is. Is they need Dak Prescott long term to get to where they want to go and win that Super Bowl. You're not going to plug in Andy Dalton or uh, I don't know when Phil Rivers is a free agent next year and sign Phil Rivers and go to the Super Bowl. They need Dak, uh, but they need him at the appropriate number though, um, and 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 I think it's also hurt too because they didn't want to pay Dak a lot of money essentially because they decided to pay or overpay maybe for guys around him. So Zeke Elliott. Um, Amari Cooper, they overpaid for, um, kind of doing all the position players, but QB instead of signing the QB first and going around the different players. So that was one reason too, why, you know, they weren't willing to get that, the money that he's, which is probably in the upper 30s a year, if not 40.
0: Kenny, here's my thing. Dak has done nothing but be good. He is the constant. Imper- First of all, we've already said this. You you said top twelve. I think he's bonafide top ten. He he's arguably the best quarterback in the division. You you could argue that he wins.
1: Yeah.
0: He yeah. he's great in the locker room. His teammates respect him. His coaches respect him. He you, you never hear anything about Dak. He has literally been all you want and more. He's a great leader. Like I can't think of many people that I would say I want being the CEO of my franchise as a quarterback ahead of Dak Prescott. He's kind of like Tom brady s that way. Like, he says all the right things. Even and even when Jerry Jones, I remember when Jerry Jones was talking about kneeling, he's like, Dallas Cowboys stand up for the National Anthem. Dak Prescott co-signed with him. There was no division. Dak has done everything that the Cowboys could ever ask for. He has done everything. And they refused to pay him. And the crazy thing to me about this, Kenny, sorry I'm going on a little bit of a rant, they paid Zeke. Kenny. You're, you're from Ohio. I'm from Ohio. We know that the baggage that Zeke has. Kenny, if you go online, you can look up a video of Zeke at a St. Patrick's Day party and he pulls a woman's top off and look, laughs like it's a joke. And he gets paid. Like, And I'm not even going to mention the other stuff that's been alleged about Ezekiel Elliott and he gets paid. Is, at what point does Dak not look at it and be like, what the hell is going on here? It's like we have two kids. All one kid does is, is drink and smoke weed, and you give him the car, and the other kid that gets all A's, you don't give him a give him a car. Like it doesn't make any sense.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean the thing. Yeah. So the thing with Zeke, I think Zeke. Uh, I think at the top of my head, I think it was like a six-year, ninety million deal, uh, with like four years guaranteed, a substantial amount. But but I I, I uh you know, especially when he's not impacting the past team that Daquan or Christian McCaffrey, what I would do with running backs is I would have them for four years, I would franchise them for five or six of, on, on on a case of first-round pick, and then let them go. And take the compensatory pick and use that money elsewhere or just draft the next guy, draft, draft a Jonathan Taylor in round two and just do the same thing. And, or, or, or have what, like, what like the uh, what the Eagles and Patriots did, and I always take a look at you know I think I said this before is is just take a look at the best teams do they don't steer you wrong the um, the the Patriots and Eagles had a pool of three running backs and they went to the Super Bowl in 2017 and and to a certain extent at least with the money is, is the Chiefs don't really invest in that running back position so I was. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised with giving Zeke that much amount of money. It's just been shown time and time again with Devontae Freeman, and David Johnson, how you don't pay running backs over time. It's just they're they're gonna wear it down. But I think Dak Prescott too feels in a way with having a winning record, you know, like forty and twenty four, and really really outperforming his contract as a fourth round pick. I think that's something that kind of irritates him and why he's not being rewarded and valued for being a good soldier, for really outperforming his contract, not making too much of a big deal over time. And now the Bills do, and he's going to get you know, the long-term deal, which is what he wanted. I think, uh, yeah, I see his point. I agree with your take on that, too. I will say the Cowboys have one more year. They could franchise him uh, next year in 2021, so we're probably going to do this song and dance again next year, too. Next year is really the year they have to get a long-term deal. If they don't, after 2021, he's a free agent. Really similar to Kirk Cousins and the Redskins, because I think the bad blood would be too big, and I think he would leave in free agency. And some team, a QB-needing team, there's always a team that needs a QB, would would pay that what he wants. So we're not in panic mode yet, but definitely a long-term deal would need to get done by this time next year on July
0: 15th. Jerry Jones or Steven Jones must have forgot what happened before Dak was there. Tony Romo was very good, but Tony Romo didn't win like Dak did. He just didn't. So I yeah, and that's
1: something. Yeah, exactly. Is is you know, just take a look at, take a look at. I mean, you could take a look at a lot of a lot of tweets. I mean, uh, like like Drew Brees. Drew Drew Brel still left the left the. Uh, I'm sorry. The Buffalo Bills. Jim Kelly left the Bills. They've been looking for a quarterback for 25 years. Maybe they have it in Josh Allen. The Jets and Vinny left, have needed a quarterback for, you know, 20 years. Cleveland Browns, too. Miami Dolphins. Maybe Dan Marino finally have Tua. But, yeah, I mean, you have the guy. The bottom line is why why they should have paid that first instead of the other players is when you lose, you know, that franchise QB. It can be decades before you get the next guy. I mean, it, it, it's hard to have the draft capital to pick a QB, but it's really hard to, you know, truly evaluate talent and pick a QB. I mean, they bust all the time. I mean, you see guys spend millions on studies and everything, and 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 these teams, I mean, they bust that quarterback every year in the draft, and they have the first pick. So that's just it. Just further exacerbates the issue of if you have the guy. Just sign him. Okay, that's what the Chiefs did. I think we're going to talk talk, talk about that soon. But just sign the guy and just keep him and build a team around the QB. Because if you lose him, there's no guarantee you're going to get the replacement just as good if not better.
0: And my last point on this, and we're going to get to Patrick Mahomes. You want to... The Chiefs believe in Patrick Mahomes. That's why they paid him like they did. That's why they paid him that much money. That's why he's getting $40 million a year. Andy Reid wasn't like, hey... Let's franchise Patrick Mahomes. No. The Los Angeles Rams, they believe in Jared Goff. That's why they extended him. That's why they got Sean McVay. The Eagles, they bounced the Super Bowl MVP and Nick Foles out of town for Carson Wentz because they believed in them. And part of that's because all those guys were first-round draft picks and they had a vested interest. But they believed in them. I think the Cowboys are showing, by not doing anything, how much they believe in Dak. Now, what I
1: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And now what I where I do want to go. I want to go to Mahomes. Mahomes got paid. We were, just, we were talking a little bit about this off air, Kenny. Uh just talk about the details of this contract. He's getting like $40 million a year. We were in contact when this was going on. We were like, how much is it going to be? How much is it going to be? What are your thoughts about the deal and just where we're going with Mahomes getting as much money as he did? I mean, how much money did he get in total?
1: yeah we were in contact in live time Daryl, because the dude was so big so the details of the contract was it was a it was a 10 year 450 million dollar extension you add the two years 27 million he has on his rookie deal he has two years left on his rookie deal that means we're at 12 years 477 million now and then he has from 477 uh, when his extension takes place, so the last ten years of the deal, he has two and a half million dollars in in uh, in incentives each year. A million and a quarter for making the AFC title game. A million and a quarter for going to the Super Bowl. Ten years, two and a half in incentives. 25. That that's where you get 503 million. A half a billion dollar contract, the largest for North American sports the law uh, 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 the biggest ever. So 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 that's how you get that 503 at most. 477 guaranteed. And so really the only stipulation is with 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 Patrick Mahomes at a 45 million dollar a year, you know, on average is before the start of the next league year so like take this year so in march 2021 they need to guarantee his salary of 45 million for the 2021 season lock in 45 million he gets his money they got Patrick mahomes they just need to do that every year and if they don't then the contract voids and he becomes a free agent so they will always pick it up and work with them to keep him there for a long time. That's the, that's uh that's a lot of the details of it. And I want to give a shout out to legendary agent Lee Steinberg for getting this deal done. Legendary agent Lee Steinberg, $7 billion of contract. He's negotiated. He's got the number one pick Mahomes. He has Tua. Did a really good deal. And I actually think too, I, um, it helps the chief because they could lock him in, $45 million, and then they could build the team around him as they see fit. And I had some thoughts on what they should do around him to keep that up. But it just locks in your best player every year, $45 million. And I think with the cap going up over time and his value, I actually think Patrick Mahomes got a, um, uh, the Chiefs got a bargain at $45 million, too. So I think he's that good.
0: And you just mentioned you think the Chiefs – Maybe they have some ideas of what they can do to build around them because a lot of the the negative talk about it is you can't pay a quarterback that much money and succeed. What would you say to that, Kenny?
1: Yeah, so so I would say now with Patrick Mahomes there is I would I I would build the team now. This this is what you need. Um, and and actually Andy Reid kind of had the draft theory too that kind of explained some of this. Andy Reid always said, "I need a quarterback." I need two tackles, I need two pass rushers, and two corners, and I'll figure out the rest. So really, what I would be doing now is, is if I'm general manager Brett Veach, is I would be investing in this offensive line. I do not need to have 450 billion dollars with a clipboard in his hand because he's injured. So I'd be investing in in both my tackles. They got one of the best in Mitchell Schwartz. They got a plus one. Uh, uh, not one of the best, but a plus in Eric Fisher. I'd be investing in those two tackles, and then I would be investing in two pass catchers on offense. I would want a number one receiver that could win against any type of DB in coverage, such as Tyreek Hill. And then I would want a second receiver who's the second option, a complimentary guy who could be one of the top 15 at his position whether that's Sammy Watkins or Travis Kelsey. I would want two of those, two tackles, and then everything else, especially on offense with $45 mil, million and Petra Mahomes, I would fill in with veterans on cheap deals and, and, and cost-effective contracts, such as interior offensive line. What they're going to do at running back with Clyde Edwards or on, on on a rookie deal, I would do that. And then I would I would go with, you know, investing in a pass rusher, which is in Chris Jones, and a corner, because they're going to have the lead a lot. That's kind of the spot I would invest in, the spot on offense. And then everything else, protecting the home, elevating players. That's why you pay a player $45 million. I would kind of fill in, you know, everything else around him would be fine. You know, he could protect. by like, getting the ball, out quit. He could protect the weaker interior line. But I would kind of fill in those as needed on a short-term basis.
0: Now, you kind of also mentioned about Mahomes, the money, right? And what's really interesting to me and what conversation was kind of sparked from this, and you kind of mentioned Michael Jordan in the last dance a little bit, is can Patrick Mahomes be this icon that football's been waiting for? Because we talked about this. The most popular athletes in America are the Kobe's, the Kevin Durant's, the LeBron James, the Steph Curry's. It's not necessarily the Tom Brady's or the Peyton Manning's or the Drew Brees's. But do you think Patrick Mahomes can be that guy where he is the American athlete?
1: Yeah, I think Peyton Manning was close to that. But, but, but yes, I agree with your point for a couple of reasons. One is uh, he would have the label until further notice of being pretty much, I think, a consensus, you would say. is He's, a, he's, he's the best player in the NFL, and it's further helped that he's, uh, he's a QB, too. Um, so he has that val- value on him too, um, but but also with with Patrick Mahomes is um, with a lot of you know high profile athletes is they're polarizing. So there's always a contingent that just doesn't like the guy for whatever reason. They just they just people want to hate. They want to bring down someone. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is a really likable guy. It's really hard not to like him unless you're like a division rival, like the Chargers, Broncos, or Raiders. But but he's a good guy off the field, and he keeps a low profile, too, off the field. Um, so he could you know, be similar to like that Peyton Manning aspect. Tom Brady had that negative connotation with, with the Patriots and cheating and stuff, although he's been a pretty model citizen. He's been a good guy, too, whether you like him or not. But I think Patrick Mahomes could definitely do that. Uh, and then being the best player in the most popular sport and being well-liked,
0: I think he could take off like that. Now, I kind of want to shift to the New England Patriots, right? So we haven't talked about this, Kenny. They signed Cam Newton. First team in NFL history to replace a league MVP in Tom Brady with another league MVP in Cam Newton. How do you think this... Where does this put the Patriots <laughs> in the AFC East hierarchy and the AFC hierarchy?
1: Yeah, so this was a. they... Um This was a really good Patriots move. They didn't have a lot of cap space. They won a few grievances with Antonio Brown to get $7 million on cap space to help get this deal done. $1.5 million base salary. Everything else is incentives. But really what I like is what the Patriots did here is they get a fresh Cam Newton, who's only 31, and there's been a lot of QBs, that as they get older, re-peak like Brett Favre, Peyton Manning at some of his best years in the 40s, Kurt Warner. But I like what the Patriots did here is because they could kind of play a brand of football like they did when Tom Brady first got into the league. We've talked about it with many different shows. Daryl is the Patriots. They have an outstanding defense, best secondary in the NFL. They still have that good defense. I think they're gonna, and and, and they have a plus offensive line too. So I think what they could do is they could go more ball control, they could build around Cam Newton, and they don't need Cam Newton to be at MVP level in 2015, He's kind of do what he did, uh, or similar to what Tom Brady did from like 2001 to 2004, and using you know, pass catchers, James White and Burkhead, and Sonny Michelle in between the tackles, uh, mm-hmm. Edelman too, and and you know, Bill Belichick and Josh Daniels could Build around Cam Newton with what he does best, and use that offense around him. And if Cam Newton does well, they keep it up. Um, or they decide, or if he plays well, they don't want to pay him. Cam Newton just extended his career. So I like this too. I'm intrigued with having a mobile quarterback, which Bill Belichick has never had. Um, but but overall, with that, is I adjusted my power range. My power ranking is a little bit, and, and I did move. I think the Patriots should be the favorite in the East over the Bills ever so slightly because they had the worst quarterback mm. room in the NFL with Brian Hoyer and Jared mm. Siddham. Now they have Cam Newton, um, and they were close with the Bills going back and forth. They still have Bill Belichick. you got to remember, too, even Cam Newton could play like like like, like Matt Castle, and they went 11-5 with Matt Castle. So so they don't need him to do too much. Uh but, but with all of that and the you know, the track record of success with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, I think the Patriots, you know, strengthened the weakest part of the room and I think the Patriots are still gonna be a pretty tough out, at least for this year with Cam Newton.
0: Cam Newton's gonna start over Jared Stidham, right? Because there was some conversation, uh some anonymous source said that, you know, don't be surprised. Stedman's Belichick's guy. How much of that do you think is truth, and how much is that is fluff?
1: Yeah, we talked about that for for a. a I think back in March when Cam Newton took to the Patriots, as a good fit. Uh, with that is, you know, the two teams that really could have used Cam Newton, I think, that are ready to win with the defense and had that open quarterback spot, or the Patriots and the Bears. And and by having, you know, like Cam Newton in your locker room is he's not coming in to be a backup. He's got too much of a big personality. He kind of decanned Newt six 6'5 and 2'4. He'd say, okay, how are we not playing this guy? And you telling me if we don't play this guy, we're better still? So he would have to be a starter. Um, so that's exactly what he did. Uh, I think he's going to have the full support of the Patriots in the locker room. Is He's obviously the best QB in that room. And going forward, with that it, 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 it's a pretty good sign by the Patriots with a former MVP um, and plugging him in for a year and seeing how it goes. It might not work, and if it doesn't work, then then um, they they have a clear cap. They can move on, probably pick up a compensatory pick that they lost when their cheating scandal. They did um, so overall. The Patriots really structured this in a way that's a win-win for the Patriots and Cam Newton. What with however it has however it goes down.
0: And lastly, Kenny, tell me, what are your thoughts as the Browns fan? Miles Gear got extended. Thoughts, Kenny?
1: Yeah, 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 I'm really fired up. I mean this is really what good teams do as uh is you know, when one in fifteen, we own it, we accept it, we have the first pick, you hit on the draft pick, you re sign them after three years. And, and we don't need to be going around with money and you know, trying to get every everything our way. I mean, you're never going to get everything you want. But you know, after three years, the guy could play 30 sacks in 37 games, 55 QB hits in his time. That led off number one on the disruption rate, those next-gen stats, Miles Garrett number one. Their pass rush win rate is Sixth in the NFL with Miles Garrett. It's thirtieth without him. He impacts guys around him. He's at a premium position, and that's kind of the market rate. With 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 uh, Khalil Mack getting twenty three and a half, Miles Garrett now the highest paid defender. And I think over time, um, it's going to be a good deal because when you have like Abosa and TJ Watt and Yannick Mendakwe coming up, I think over time. The next guy up is going to get paid uh, uh, the highest amount. It's going to be a bargain, I think, with the Cleveland Browns in a few years saying, okay, we have Miles here for $25 million a year as you look down the road. But they lock him up for seven years. Uh, pass rusher is it, it, it's not as important as QB, but it's really it's up there. Uh, so they have that. They have a blue chip defender locked up. That's really what you want to do. Kind of like the Jets. There's no need to... There's no need to not have a good partnership with your best players. The teams and players should be working in partnership together to build up a good team, like, like with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. You don't need to be going uh, uh, getting in quarrels with your best players. So if it's good, you know he could play uh, after three years extend him. him. Money's only going to go up if you don't sign him. Like what you do with a lot of these young players, they get the deal done. Five-year, one hundred twenty-five million-dollar extension. Good day to the Browns,
0: Kenny. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, no problem, Daryl. It's good. It's a good time talking kind of about the deals that the franchise window done, and hopefully, hopefully, we get camp in a few weeks and it kicks off with minimum issues.
0: And once again, I want to thank Kenny Sim for coming on the podcast. Always appreciate when Kenny comes on. And thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode, the 180th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.